0: Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Amen. Well, a good morning once again. God doesn't really care about all the form, about all the function. You know, we come here, we gather together together. He cares about your heart. He cares about your heart. He knows what's going on in your heart right now. And maybe what's going on with you right now, maybe you don't even want to share it with the person next to you. Maybe you don't want them to know about it. But God knows, and, and God wants you to know that He knows, but He cares. Because he's trying to get you somewhere. And just like we heard about, you know, the the call, the invitation, in the sense that you have, the opportunity, you know, to get involved with something maybe just like Catherine's Kitchen, which is just one opportunity, one ministry outreach. Uh, Christine would love to have you come up and help out with the kids' ministry, you know. Uh, there's so many opportunities in so many ways. And sometimes you can stop and you can think about that and think, well, wow, I just you know that's not my thing or i i can't go there i can't i can't give there you know and and in one sense we can all be saying you know i i I want the blessing of god in my life we can say it with our mouth but we're not really ready yet in our heart and uh you know a, a while ago i was at this conference and uh this autistic boy came up to me at the conference and he said to me he said uh, uh, what is your name and I said uh, my name is Peter and he said I want to pray for you and I said okay sure great you know so he puts his hand on me and he says God I pray for Peter he is a good man you know God knew where I was at in that moment and, you know, it's like I have to stop. And, and my story, the my title of my message this morning is, Surely God is in this place, and I did not know it. Surely God was in that boy in a way that I did not know. Because what, would, what inspired that guy to come up to me and, and, and to just pray that simple prayer over me? And God used that young boy... To just let me know, I know what's going on in your heart. and God knows what's going on in your heart. and He knows if you're really ready for the blessing that you think or may think that you're ready for. And, and, and if you're not, he's all in the process to help you get there. I want to read out of uh, Genesis chapter 28. And uh, some of you will be familiar with the story. It's about Jacob, he dreams a dream. He sees a ladder set up uh, upon the earth, reaching up into heaven. And it says, now Jacob went out from Beersheba, and he went towards Haran. And so he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place, and he put it at his head. How'd you love that for a pillow? And he laid down in that place to sleep. And then he dreamed a dream, and behold, a ladder was set up On the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God ascended and descended upon it. And behold, the Lord stood above it, and he said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants also. Your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in it, uh, you and your seed and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Sorry, in you uh, you, and your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. And then Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid, and he said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. You know, Jacob here... He's at a place where he's just, if you're familiar with the story, he's just deceived his father so he can get the blessing that was rightfully his brother's, uh, which is was you know due to the firstborn uh, and his brother Esau. And he deceives, he goes into his father and, and makes his father believe that he's Esau and he gets the blessing of the firstborn. His heart is right, his desire for the blessing is right, but the way about which he goes about it uh, it's carnal, it's fleshly, it's it's deceitful, and yet he wants the blessing. And it's interesting here; uh, he names this place. You know, it says later, a couple of verses later, it says he names this place Bethel, Bethel, because Bethel means house of God, and so he he recognized that God was in this place, and. Before he's now on his way because he's done this deceitful thing to try and get the blessing, he is laying down in this place, and so you just gather my thoughts here. So he's deceived his 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 father to get the, his brother's blessing, which was rightfully his anyways. God intended for him all along. Uh, his parents had a prophetic word that you know the older was going to serve the younger. And, and, you know, when God has something for you, he doesn't intend for us to reach out and try to take hold of it in fleshly ways. And and so because of this now, uh, it, we really need to make clear that Jacob does not get the blessing because of his deceitful way. Uh, he, he, he gets the blessing, and he was blessed indeed, but he didn't get it because of his deceitful action. He didn't get it because of his fleshly way. But what he got was... Uh, now he's going to be leaving the land. That's what he got from his deceit. So he's here in Bethel, he has this dream, and he's about to leave the land because, because of what he's done. Now he's running from his brother Esau because his brother is ticked, and he is out to kill him. And he's just saying, wait till my father dies, his days of mourning are at hand, and then I'll finish him off. And so his father and mother give him this instruction to go back to Padan Haran, which is actually a place where Abraham even originally had come from, uh, to acquire himself a wife. And so, be, in order for him to do that, of course, he has to leave the land. Interesting enough, this is the land of promise. This is the place uh, that God has promised to Abraham. He promised to his descendants. So he promised it to Isaac, and he's promising it here to Jacob. But unfortunately, because of his action, now he has to leave the land. And so really, he's blessed, yes, but his his enjoyment of the blessing uh, is delayed because of his deceitfulness. And it's interesting, again, you know, when you follow this story, that when... Jacob goes to Padan Aram and he meets up with his uncle Laban and he's there and uh, he's working for him a while. And his uncle says, you know, what shall I give you? What can I, what can I pay for you? And he had fallen in love with uh, his daughter, Rachel. And he said, give me Rachel as my wife. I'll work for you uh, in exchange uh, for Rachel. And so, you know, he works the seven years. But then of course, as we know, what happens is, is that he ends up getting his uncle deceives him and gives him the firstborn, which is Leah. And he says, what's this that you've done with me? You know, he wakes up in the morning and realizes he doesn't have Rachel. He's got Leah. And so I'm not sure how all that happened, but uh, dark or something. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, you know, he, he, he rises and he wakes up and he realizes this. Well, what was God doing? God was painfully, unfortunately, teaching Jacob the lesson of the firstborn because he deceived to try and get the blessing from his brother and now deception has come back to him to teach him the rights and the honor, the honor of the firstborn. And if you're going to walk in the blessing, then you, you have to go after it uh, in a right way. And the beautiful thing here, I love this, the the reality that Jacob is about to leave the land only really because of his deceit. He could have stayed in the land, to me. Because if you go back and read of Abraham, Abraham told uh, his servant to go back himself to Padan Haran and get a wife for his son Isaac. And, and his servant says, well, what if she won't come b- with me? You know, should I, should I take your son Isaac back there? And he says, no, whatever you do, don't take him back there, but the Lord will be with you. And so here we have, interestingly enough, Jacob is going back there to get himself a wife. And I truly believe that if he hadn't worked deceitfully, he could have stayed in the land of promise and, and begun to enjoy his blessing. And God would have provided, God would have brought his wife to him. But because he was in the place he was, because you and I are in the place that we're at, he uses where we're at. And he, he begins to take the processes to bring us through things so that we have the capacity to take hold of the blessing. We have the capacity and and the ability to walk in what God has for us. And so so Jacob steps out, and and in this place, God begins to meet him. God uses these processes. You know, I had a relative uh, a number of years back now, and they got caught drinking and driving. And I said to them the next day, I said, you know what? That's probably the best thing that could have happened to you. And thankfully, they were at the place where they were able to recognize, you know what? Yes, it was. And they began a process of, of overcoming uh, that habit, of overcoming that addiction. And, uh, and that person is now, I think, 15, 16 years enjoying their sobriety Uh, And they even just recently themselves came to me and said to that, said, hey, remember when you said that to me? And they said, you know what? It really was the best thing. And why? And some of us could stop and we can look at these situations and we can say, well, why didn't God intervene before this happened? Why why did he allow this to happen? Well, it's because God's working with you. He's working with me. (laughs) He's working with where we're at in the moment that we are and, and the choices that we're making. And so he worked with my relative uh, in that place where they're at, and he used that to confront them with that. And that confrontation, and praise God they received that, it began a turn. It began a U-turn in their life. And they were heading back to the land of promise. You know, they were living outside of the promise. And God takes us through these processes, as he does with Jacob here, because God doesn't only want you in the land, living in the land land of promise, yes, the land of blessing, but he wants the promise inside of you too, and so when you're being called on to do something like Catherine's Kitchen or other things that you think maybe are too much for you, uh, you know what? I just want to encourage you, and I know it's not for everybody. God has a call on everybody's life to do certain things, but you know if there's if there's a little nudge in here, a little tugging in your heart, I want you to encourage you step out into it because God will use that process to increase you, and God will use that process to touch those people that you don't even think that you can touch. Like, what can I say to that person? You know, what can I really do uh, to affect that person and their life? And it's amazing uh, how God can use you and me, where we are in the moment, to begin to, to be a blessing to other people. And we can just think, you know, even quickly about Joseph, right? I mean, Uh, Joseph, likewise, he had this dream that he was going to rule, and he was going to rule over his brothers, and his brothers didn't like that. And I think if I was one of his brothers, I wouldn't have liked that, you know, sharing this dream with me, being what it seemed like egotistical about it. But, uh, you know, God, you know, as you you know, the story about Joseph, he was sold as a slave, went down into another country that was not his own. He was in a culture and, and a language that he wasn't familiar with. He had to learn all of that. Uh, You know, he was doing good when he got there, uh, working as a slave for this other person. He gets falsely accused by uh, this, this man's wife. He ends up in prison and he's going through all this stuff. And then eventually he gets out of prison and he's the second ruler in Egypt. But all of that, all of that was preparing him to, to rule and to reign in the place that God would have for him. And you know what? It's not only about Joseph just getting to that place of ruling, but it's also about how effective would he be in that place? How efficient would he be uh, in that place when he got there? And sometimes, you know, we're all seeking after something where we, we have this dream about a great job or something. And, and that's great. It's great to have dreams. But how effective are you going to be when you get there? You know, what's, what's the ability that you're going to have to really be efficient at what you're doing? How well are you really going to impact people or or touch hearts when you get there? And so God is always using these processes, always in these processes. You know, surely, and this is the thing that I just, in simplicity, want you uh, to be thinking about even this week and just taking hold of is always be thinking, God, how are you in this? How are you in this process, what are you doing in this moment to cause me to have a greater capacity to walk in the blessing uh, that you have for me? And um, you know, it amazes me at times how the things that uh, sometimes that attract us can be the things later on that can repel us. The things that we're drawn to, you know, afterwards. Uh, they can actually be things that begin to work against us. And, you know, I, uh, I grew up in a church that was very traditional. And uh, and then, you know, I started hearing and learning more kind of worship choruses and more sort of upbeat things, and, and, and that ministered to me. It, it blessed me. And, uh, you know, I've been to some Christian concerts that were – uh, very well done, you know, all the lights and all that sort of thing. And it ministered to me it encouraged me. It just, it brought to me, uh, if you will, an awareness of of the greatness and, and the magnificence of God. It just kind of spoke to that, right? But, you know, everything is not about a big production either, right? We can get to this place where, you know, Christianity can be a big production. And, and, and that's not the way it is. You know, God can speak in the in, in the little things. God, we never want to miss too much of a good thing can become a bad thing. And I remember years ago uh, when I was young, uh, they used to. You may remember when the gro- roads around here weren't paved and they are all gravel roads. They used to draw a liquid out of domtar over here and put it on the roads. You know that black gunk. For some of you might remember that. And of course, uh, there was a number of people that didn't really care for that. And I don't know whether it was environmentally friendly or not Uh, but anyways there were people pushing for putting a salt solution like a calcium solution on to deal with all the dust and that sort of thing off the gravel roads and this lady shows up at her house and she's trying to tell my father you know hey we need to push for this we need this salt solution we don't need this stuff there and and my dad is just kind of giving a little bit of feedback well you know I don't know if it's that bad and I don't you know what the studies are on it and this sort of thing. And, and she comes up with example and She says, well, if they dump that stuff in your well, would you drink it? And he said, well, no, but if they dump the salt solution in your well, would you drink that? You know, so it, too much of a, anything that's, that could be good in either sense uh, can become bad. It can work against you. And it's the same thing with my example of worship. It's great to have all the lights, and it's great to have great singers. And we have a great team here and a worship team. Uh, but you know, the quiet times are good too. And, and it's good to have that place with solitude. And, uh, maybe you're one of those people, you love to get outdoors. You, you connect with nature and, and you can sit there and, and, and have your solitary times and, and connect with God. And, and quite honestly, that's a fairly strong pathway with me, but you know what? That can become a bad thing too. Because you can just always be going out there. That's your place of escape. That's your go-to all the time. And you start isolating yourself from people. And and then you're not out there, you know, being involved in people's lives, uh, impacting people's lives that God wants you to be connecting to. So, you know, the big concerts are great. But you can get lost in that, and and it can become a bad thing. And the solitude can be great, but you can just end up using that as an escape. So God's always uh, working in us, wanting to come to this place where we can minister wherever we are and whatever we're doing. And, you know, a number of years ago, Anita and I went up to Niagara Falls to uh, celebrate one of our anniversaries. And I could have sat there for hours, and just watched the falls, just meditated on the awesomeness of God, thought about scripture verses, and thought about all kinds of applications. And and we, I, I, we sat down on this park bench uh, for, I don't know, 10, maybe 15 minutes max, and Anita, she, like, she's ready to go. She's ready to go. Like, she wants to go over here and do this. No, oh, let's go and see that, you know. It's just like, I, just, I could just, like, chill here for hours. But uh, anyways, you know, we all, there's nothing... Wrong with what Anita wanted, because that's that's her pathway. Sometimes, like we all have different pathways of connecting with God, with meeting with God, and it's important that we recognize those things. We that we recognize their differences, but the differences don't have to be a bad thing. And in a marriage, and in any relationship, really, even in working relationships and all those things, uh, we have to learn how to flow with those differences. You have to learn how, hey, once again, that's part of the process that God's going to use in your life. He's going to use in my life to help us to begin to flow and, and to work with these people. Because, it's yes, it's all about this connection with God. You know, we love this ladder that goes to heaven. But God wants you to be doing something here with one another. And so, and so God's he's in these processes. So we see in this dream that Jacob has this ladder. And, you know, I'm thinking about this scripture verse about this ladder. Well, you know, why are angels, why do angels need a ladder to ascend and descend to go from heaven to earth? Right. And this ladder is obviously the connection between heaven and earth. And what is a ladder? Now, I know they make ladders out of aluminum now, but in the day, you know, I think they're primarily all made out of wood. Well, what's wood? Wood is not a living object. It was once living. Are you st- starting to get the picture? It was once living, but now it's dead. And the angels are using this to ascend and descend upon. When we come to, uh, to John chapter 1 and verse 51, and Nathaniel, for the first time, he's meeting Jesus here. And uh, Jesus speaks something about it. You know, I saw you under the fig tree before you came to me. And, um, and Nathanael is amazed. And Jesus says to him here, he says, uh, Nathaniel, most assuredly I say to you hereafter, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. So here we have the interpretation of what the scripture verse back there was, right? Jesus, who was the living one took death for you and me and, you have, and I have angelic help. We have help from heaven. We have a connection from heaven because he's the one that died. He's the one that gave his life for me. Everything that you have, every blessing that you can have and ever come into, it's all because of Jesus, all because of the blood. It's all because of the death, uh, that he bore for you and me. And you're getting angelic help because of that. And, uh, it's it's kind of interesting too <laughs> that here with Nathaniel Jesus said to him, "Here is an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit." And here's God Almighty giving Jacob a dream, who has all kinds of deceit, and He's trying to bring him to this this place. Just an interesting uh, thought for you there. But you know, so so we see this um, this connection between heaven and earth, and uh, and how God is, is using this ladder, which we find out later, is Jesus himself. And I, I just, I love this. This is what I love about the word of God. Here's something, you know, Genesis, a story recorded uh, about Jacob and him having this dream was written down uh, by Moses. He wrote the first five books of the Bible. And then a few thousand years later, We have John here uh, writing about this interaction between Jesus and Nathaniel. And we have an interpretation. We have an understanding of that. And, you know, so when people, when I read stuff like this and stuff like this comes out of God's word, like I just look when people want to say to you that, well, that's just a book written by man. It's just like, I don't think you've read this book yet, (laughs) man, because, you know, it's just incredible. It is so rich and so alive. And uh, I love the way... uh, Henry Wright, you know, the, the bee in health that we work with on some of the, some of the things we've learned from them. And uh, Henry Wright, who, who headed that up, uh, he said once when a man was saying to them, no, I don't believe the Bible, you know, that's just, it's just a man written, uh, it's just a book written by man. And he said to him, he said, well, so who wrote what you believe? Right? I mean, the light, you know, for those who want it, <laughs> the light starts coming on. Well, who wrote what you believe? And so you, can, so you can try that sometime next time when somebody says that to you. Well, who wrote what you believe? And he said, he would go on and he would say, so if the Holy Spirit wrote the book that I believe in, what spirit wrote the book you believe in? So just try that someday. I think it's a very awakening question. And so, you know, God's word is, is so rich and, and so powerful. Um. So we need these experiences. You know, God brings us through these different processes as he does with Jacob here, because he wants to increase his capacity. He wants him to have this blessing that he has for him. And he wants him to be able to enjoy it. <laughs> you know, God wants you to enjoy the gifts that he's given you. God wants you to enjoy the place that he has for you to serve. And sometimes there's processes that are involved to, to get you there. And, and to, to help you to walk in that. And, you know, sometimes just like Jacob here, uh, you know, he has this incredible encounter with God. And then he goes on and he still does some other stupid stuff. And I've been there, you know. I remember years ago uh, when I was younger, I did something that hurt my brother. And that night I, I just got down beside my bed and I thought to myself, well, I probably should ask God to forgive me. And, and so I did it. I remember there was such an incredible peace that came over me, just such a sense of being cleansed, and and I just really, like, literally experienced the presence of God in that moment, and then most of the rest of my youth, I took upon a whole bunch of worldly views and had a whole bunch of worldly lusts uh, in my life, but you know what? I always had that connection, like God would often bring me back to that. He would remind me that. And God does that in our lives, right? He, he, he meets you in a certain place. You have particular encounters with him uh, to begin to help you with this U-turn that he wants to bring in your life. But sometimes in the moment, you know, we, we get a taste of God, but then God needs to do something in us to help us to come into the fullness of it, to come into the, to the richness of it. And that's exactly what he's doing with Jacob here. And, you know, we find uh, part of the dream that that God gives to Jacob here that as a result of this, you know, God God says, I'm going to be with you wherever you go. And so, you know, even though he was leaving the land, God said he was going to be with him. And, you know, if you find yourself outside of God's will, just remember he's He's there with you, but when you see it, when you acknowledge it, just begin to turn back to the land, and and God will help you. God will will cause you to walk through it. But the Lord says uh, in it, he says that that I'm going to bless you, and he says, through you and through your seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. You know, God is all about family. I don't care what your dream is, what your goal in life is, but if it doesn't include family, you don't have anything. You don't have a dream worth living, as far as I'm concerned, because God's about family. God's a father, and 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 God has a family, and that's you sitting here today, or you following us online today. You know, this is the family of God, and God's always about family. So, If what you're pursuing, you know, and when you're in the midst of making decisions, if you're not stopping, and I just want to encourage you in this, if you're not stopping and thinking, how's this going to affect my family? How's this direction, how's this choice going to affect my family? Then you're probably making a choice. You're probably starting to head outside of the will of God for your life. Because God wants to bless the families of the earth through you. Because the blessing that God speaks here to Jacob, that the families of the earth would be blessed through him. You're that family. Now, I'm not saying, you know, God still has a place in Israel, and he has things that he's going to fulfill through them. But us as a church, the family of God, uh, the only way that families out there are going to be blessed is through you. It's all resting on you. Do you feel the heaviness (laughs) You know, but God wants to bless them. And, and God has a powerful way of working through you to bless those people. I have no idea where I'm at. Follow my notes. Um, well, thank you. Thank you, Joan. Yeah, this is a mother in Israel right here. You know, so Jacob awoke from his sleep it says he woke from his sleep and and so his declaration after this is he awakes and he realizes and he says surely god is in this place and i did not know it and it said that he was afraid it says there in the verse that he was afraid thank you melanie And he was afraid, and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Surely God is in this place, and I did not know it. Why was he afraid? I think, and I've experienced this quite a number of times, because he's starting to realize, here I am in this place, and I wasn't even sensitive to what God was doing. Have you ever been there? You know, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, (laughs) You know, and then you realize, okay, I need to work on this. I got stuff, I got stuff that's in the way. I got stuff that's keeping the angels from going up and down and and my connection with heaven. And I need to make some changes. And I really believe that was an awakening moment uh, for Jacob. Was that he realized that you know he was being insensitive to God and to His ways. And so praise God. You know, God has ways of of waking us up to that. You know, Jacob ends up, he wakes up in the morning, and after he realizes all these things, he takes the rock that he had his head laying upon, and he pours oil on it. And makes his commitment to God. and says, God, you know, I'm, I, I want to follow you. You know, I'm here for you, and if you'll be with me in this journey I'm going, you bring me back in peace, then you'll be my God. You know, see, so he makes this commitment to God. And we see here, you know, again, this is the beauty of Scripture, the rock, you know, is Jesus is our rock. He's the rock of our salvation. The oil poured upon it, right? That's the Holy Spirit, it's the Spirit of God, uh, being poured out on us, and it's ever, it's always inseparable. The rock and the oil are always inseparable. They always go together. You can't have the oil. You can't have the anointing of God in your life. You can't have the Spirit of God working in your life without the rock. You know, without Jesus. Uh, in our life, and you know all the sufferings, all the processes that we go through for God to increase us, to give us the capacity to you and me that we need uh, to inherit the blessing, to carry the blessing, to give the blessing to the families of the earth uh, out there. Uh, none of it compares with the weight of, as Paul says, the weight of the eternal glory that God has meant for you and me in in all of this. And so, you know, surely God is in this place so many times, and and we don't know it, and God wants us to know it, and and God wants you to know it. And if you're here this morning, if you're following us online, and you're starting to wake up, and you're starting to realize where God has been involved in your life, God has been trying to get you to make U-turns. Because he wants you to know the blessing. He wants you to enjoy the blessing. Maybe you know about it, you know, up here, but you don't know about it down here. God wants you to know that this morning. And so he's inviting you. And I just want to pray for you this morning. God wants you to be able to enjoy your blessing. God wants you to be able to enjoy what he paid such a great price for you to be able to know and enjoy And so, Father, I just pray for your people this morning. God, I just pray that they would know this morning that you are the God who is involved in every one of their processes. You're the one who's God bringing them from the place where they are uh, so that, God, they can enjoy the richness of your blessing. They can enjoy eternal life in Jesus Christ. And, God, I thank you that your word says that if we just call out even right now, we say, Jesus, I love you. I thank you that you're the ladder. I thank you, the living one who took on death and, and became that connection for me in heaven so that I could come into this family that you have for me so I could have a place where I belong, so I have a place where I can actually go out and be a blessing to the families of the earth. And Jesus, I just say, yes, I'm here to commit to you. You are my rock, and I'm going to put my feet upon you. I'm going to keep my head upon you. I'm going to thank your thoughts after you. And I just receive you and I thank you for that forgiveness through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. So, Father God, just bless your people this morning. Blessing them they're coming in. God, bless them and they're going out. And may they know that, God, that you are involved in every aspect of their life. Just bringing them up higher. God, causing them to go deeper and just causing them to go broader by reaching and having more impact in and through their lives. And we ask these things, Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at thecrossroads.ca.